Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Minion Talks. I'm your host Minion and if you're new here you're tuning into the podcast where I go all in with the guests of the show um, and find out what they're all about. And today I've got my friend here, Radzi. Radzi, how you doing man? Um, super good man. Really glad to be here for take two. Take two, yeah. I really don't know what happened with the um with the first podcast, but yeah, audio corruption and all that. But um, yeah, thanks for coming back for a second time. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I was thinking maybe you're gonna make like a Patreon in the future and post the initial very corrupted file so you can hear what it was all about, only for the true fans. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, before we um crack on, who are you? For those who don't know you, what are you about? That is a very good question. Um, well, my name is Radu. I'm a final year student here in London at UCL. I'm studying politics and economics. And some of my interests range from, well, woodworking, as mm-hmm. I, will, I, will, I would like to emphasize this later on in the podcast. Absolutely, man. And more recently, chess, after obviously the Queen's Gambit. Oh, and yeah. And even more recently, Formula One. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's a new one. I didn't yeah, know about that. Yeah. Rarish, uh, a mutual friend of ours, recommended uh, Drags to Survive. It's like the documentary series which um, basically films all throughout the season mm-hmm. and then makes like a 10 series, 10 episode series uh, depicting all the drama and stuff. It's actually very, very like interesting. I didn't think there was like so much drama in Formula One. I always thought like, oh, just cars racing and that's yeah. about it. But there's a lot of like inner politics and whatnot. Huh. And for anyone who like doesn't have the patience to watch like throughout the year, it's a very good just even for people who are not that interested. In. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Wait. So is that is that series? Is that Netflix thing? Yeah. Yeah. Netflix just goes like behind the behind not behind the cameras, which well behind the media cameras, I suppose, and films and has like one on one interviews with the drivers and the like team leaders and all that. Asks about their strategies mm-hmm. about like all sorts of stuff that happened throughout the season and i can say it's quite entertaining huh nice oh wow that's something i have a look into i've never really been into like racing uh, cars in general not a big car guy which Mm -hmm. you know wouldn't surprise a lot of people but yeah um I used to play loads of like racing games as a kid me too me too that that was about (laughs) that stuff i was actually thinking now that uh i should take my racing game up to the next level and like save up for a proper like um gear like driving wheel with like the gear shift the whole shit yeah yeah, yeah exactly. oh my god yeah. can you do that with the um oculus that you have yeah 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 you can actually do it i think like some drivers are already like training with it like oh, in wow. their own simulators yeah but how much is like wouldn't equipment like that must cost quite a bit of money right? oh yeah there are like so in terms of virtual reality, which is also another big passion of mine, um, you can have like consumer grade headsets, which are, you know, two, three, four, up to say a thousand dollars and they're chill, they're good for games and whatnot. But then you have um, corporate stuff, mm-hmm. which are aimed at businesses and whatnot and training professionals, which I think there is this one headset which boasts like a human eye resolution level of fidelity okay it's like upwards of 10 grand for just the headset jesus yeah, christ yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, that's a lot of money but i guess 
when you have hundreds of millions of pounds to spend a year, that's literally nothing. It's peanuts, like isn't it? Drivers, yeah. It's peanuts, isn't it? My God. So, like, what would an entry level sort of thing? Have you looked into like getting gear already? Like, or is that just something you'll see yourself getting no, later on? No, just something in the future. I think for sure I'm gonna have to also get get a gaming PC, right? Uh, oh yeah, first of, of all, because mm-hmm. now I'm just having my uni laptop, and that definitely doesn't support anything remotely <laughs> close to that. Yeah, I'm barely managing to get through with this setup that I've got going now. But yeah, investing in a gaming PC is always a good idea. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if you're a massive gamer, and like on a laptop, like I wouldn't recommend anybody getting a gaming laptop. Because there are limitations to it, whereas if you have a dedicated unit, yeah, it's yeah, totally different I've seen it firsthand. Like the performance is just on another level. Yeah, definitely, man. So tell me a bit more about where you're from, and um, how you managed to, you know, find yourself in London. I know we've been through this before on the first yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that didn't really. Uh, Managed to get. I feel like we're gonna, I'm gonna have to make like uh, a quick summary of the stories that we went through. Yeah, last podcast. I really wish we didn't lose that honestly, because that would have been such a banging episode. Honestly. Yeah. So in terms of where I'm from, mm. I would mostly describe myself as Eastern European. Okay. Um, Romanian. I was born and raised in Romania, but I feel like coming here into London and experiencing all sorts of culture. I started to identify myself more as either like Balkan or Eastern European. Okay. I just like, I wasn't aware of the cultural similarities that the countries in that region share. Mm-hmm. Like everything from, uh, I suppose, music to cuisine to just literally the swear words that we use. Yeah. Like I remember talking, this was years back when I was like 15, I was on a, at a conference and I was chatting with these Serbian dudes mm-hmm. and I was trying to explain to them in English, like some of the Romanian swear words that we had, which don't really uh, translate into English. And they were like, oh yeah, we have the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> how is exactly the same thing, like word for word. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I would say definitely yeah, Eastern European. I'm from the sixth biggest city in Romania in terms of population. What's it's it called? Galatz. Galatz, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on the eastern border with the Republic of Moldova. Right. And I live in North London right now. Yes, you do. North London based. <laughs> so London man, um let's go over that again. Um so what was the um the motivation behind you? You know, obviously ending up here. You moved here, how long ago was it? Four years ago? Yeah, four, four years. years ago, yeah. So, such a deja vu, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, no, enough about the last podcast. Um, yeah, honestly. Well, I always knew that I wanted to go and study abroad. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't exactly know where. And basically, I started off maybe in like when I was 15 or 16. My initial thoughts were to go to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And then possibly Denmark because they have like free, uh, free university like tuition. That's like an EU thing, isn't it? Right. Um, or is that just for the country in general? Yeah, and nay. I think no, specifically for Denmark, where everyone gets free tuition. But then you have countries like France, for instance, where mm-hmm. I also applied, where tuition um, is directly tied to your family's income. Okay. So, yeah. for instance, me, um, I wanted to apply to Sciences Po in France, mm-hmm. and uh, based on my family's earnings, which, like, 
they're decent in Romania, like solidly middle class. I would have had to pay maybe like a grand a year for tuition. Okay. And I think the upper limit was like 10 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And then there's places like Germany where I think everyone's capped at a couple hundred euros. Right. And then you have places like Romania where you have to take an exam. And depending on your ranking, you either go to university for free, like the government pays for your first university, or you pay for it yourself, which is again like a couple hundred euros a year. Right. And so, yeah, London again. Mm -hmm. So you got accepted into uni here. Yeah. Funny, funny story, actually. London UCL was my backup option. Yeah. I had had nothing like... I did not prepare to come here at all. I, Which I like, still think it's crazy having having a university in the UK as a backup. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my plan was 100% to go to France mm-hmm. uh, when I was finishing high school. When my parents kept nagging me like, oh, come on, apply in the UK as well. Like it's going to just, you know, backup option basically. And I ended up going because I got rejected twice from Sciences Po. Right. And it was the best choice I never knew I was going to make. Mm-hmm. And what is it that you that you're currently studying or finishing? Actually, almost done. Oi, oi, oi. Almost done. Uh, politics and economics. Yeah. So, I guess that's just like tiny passion of mine that I've had since high school. Mm-hmm. I was interested in like how the world works and stuff like that. And I guess, in a way, uh, if you look at it, I I would say that the world, like if you look at it in terms of video games, for instance. The laws, like studying law, would be studying the rules by which the world works. Yeah, you just have like a set of rules. But then, if you study politics, you, I guess, you study people who make those rules mm-hmm. and how they how they behave, and also the people who put those rules into application. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just thought it was interesting this gamification of like reality. Basically, I think it's a very interesting lens to look at the world through. And but since then. I feel like it has died down a bit. Oh, okay. I feel like at least what I did in uni was very, very theoretical. Okay. And I consider myself to be more of an applied man. Like, right. I, I, I'd much rather have a very concrete, well-defined problem in front of me mm-hmm. and be tasked with solving it than think about, like, I don't know, um, political theory and research and academic research and all that i just don't think that's my line of work yeah no fair enough like i take a very i find the best way to learn as well is to always have more of a um a hands-on approach to it because you know there's only so much you can learn from physically sitting behind a desk or attending a lecture yeah yeah that's how i feel personally like i've always managed to learn more if i'm physically doing something like in terms of journalism for example like you can learn so much about it in uni but you're never going to really understand it unless you're thrown into the field and you're covering something that you're not entirely familiar with you know so i can relate in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense yeah and then like with politics you can't just go and like govern a country as like an no, intern of course, yeah. and i think especially because so i i say that i study politics and economics but in reality it's very eastern european centered central and eastern european mm-hmm. which i didn't know when i applied because okay. being a backup option i just looked at the uh, course like title it was history politics economics mm-hmm. uh, and I was like yeah that's true and I never even like bothered to read a description which uh-huh. didn't clearly state that it was very focused on Central and Eastern Europe and 
like to be honest when i when i got into first year it was a shock for most of us like tutors just kept asking us when we first met them like okay let's get to know each other like why did you choose to come here why did you choose to study specifically central and eastern european politics and yeah. everyone was like oh i just wasn't aware that's what I was gonna do. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, and I think they might have done that purposefully because it just there are a lot of like international students, like a lot of Asian students, for instance. Which, like, don't get me wrong, if they want to study Central and Eastern European politics, mm-hmm. praise to them. But I just don't think that's something they would be very interested into. Yeah, because in, in terms of relating to. Um, more familiar political setting, especially from a country that they're from, it doesn't really apply, does it? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's a bit of a stretch for mm-hmm. an Asian person who, like, not necessarily uh, Asian heritage, but just like came straight out of China, for instance, yeah. and comes here to study and maybe work in Russia. Just that's yeah. just yeah. So, like, as as a consequence, in second year, a lot of people kind of, like, dropped out and they're like, okay, fuck this, I'm just going to go study something else. Fair enough. So, do you see yourself, like, continuing to study in the field when you're done with your current degree, or do you want to, like, sort of branch out and do something else? No, I'll definitely branch out. Yeah. Have you got anything in mind? Um, probably consulting, but I feel like this is so broad that... Consultancy? I was... I was, it's a funny story, actually. Um, when we were walking to Rarish's place the other day with Eddie, these are people that um, you guys will meet later on in the podcast when they come on the show. Um, we were talking about consultancy and how like Eddie, at his current job, um, had no idea what consultancy was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely familiar with the whole premise of it. I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, consultancy is very much an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what Eddie is doing, he's more on the side of software development. Yeah, like he's doing, uh, what is it? Like he does architecture. In terms yeah, of yeah. So I think it is my understanding that his um, his company works on CRM software, which is Customer mm-hmm. Relationship Manager. Mm-hmm. So they basically aid uh, other companies in keeping a track record of their sale, their mm-hmm. customers, like facilitating basically the relationship between them and the customers and making it very easy to, I don't know, send a mass email with like a coupon or literally whatever. Yeah. Another, like a very good example, if you've ever heard of Salesforce, yeah, I've heard of Salesforce, yeah. They, they were basically the first to do it. And they're actually a quite interesting company. I researched them at some point because I wanted to apply uh, at a job with them, like at an internship. And uh, they're an interesting case because they started off like super in like early 2000s, maybe mm-hmm. even 98, 99, I'm not entirely sure, back when software and internet were just like not mixed together right. like it wasn't a thing software was offline it came on a cd it came on a disc it came yeah. on something and then you downloaded it once you, you bought it once and so there was still like it. a massive hardware element wasn't there yeah and they kind of pushed for the whole online integration of software so instead of downloading something and having it on a computer on like a thousand computers on in your offices mm-hmm. you would just go on a website and that would be it yeah and then they also i think 
were the first ones to push for the idea of a subscription-based software, like a subscription software as a subscription-based service. So mm -hmm. instead of buying it once and owning the license, mm -hmm. you would pay them a fee like every month or a year or whatever, and then you have access to their uh, platforms. Oh, I see. And with this also pushing cloud-based computing. So yeah, basically Salesforce was there for the from the beginning for most of the environment that we see today. Mm -hmm. And so is that that's something that you want to like go into after that, like like that specifically or just you know? No, 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 no. I, I kinda of went on a on a on a tangent about it. Uh so that's the software development mm -hmm. part of it. Mm -hmm. You can have literally anything. Like um I guess most consulting companies they, they do a bit of everything. So you might need to be like apologies, uh you, you might need a bit to be a bit of a jack of all trades. Okay. So you might be assigned, you as a consulting company, you just have a team of, uh, let's say, analysts and researchers that other companies, external companies come to you uh, with a problem and ask you to solve it. Yeah. So for instance, I saw this um, example where uh, I was I was visiting the KPMG uh, headquarters oh, in, okay. in Kenner Wharf and first year they had like an open gates thingy. And without giving any names, they subtly referred to Subway as being one of their clients. Okay. So, for instance, Subway goes to KPMG and they say, okay, we want to open up five new shops in London. Yeah. Do the research, do the groundwork. We want to know the most profitable spots. And then KPMG does just that. They uh, use like very intricate economic um, models. Mm -hmm. and. Bro, it's fucking insane. Like they showed us their software and they take into consideration somewhere around like 50 micro factors such as pickpocketing. So, what? so the relationship is if there's a lot of pickpocketing in the area, it means that people carry loose change, which mm -hmm. makes them more inclined to just pay one quid and get a coffee from Subway. Right. And so this like bumps up their sales. And I think they managed to just completely theoretically, they managed to uh, predict their earnings on a weekly basis with like uh, an error range of like maybe five to 10%. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's something else that you do a consultancy, uh, working as a consultant. You just have every project is unique, which. Mm -hmm entices me in a way yeah because i feel like working on the same thing over and over again like for years on end just would just be boring yeah no of course does this tie in any way to what you're studying now or is it literally not but so I, it's totally no, different no no but mm -hmm. i think like most of the jobs or like that i've been looking at or internship they specifically say like we accept students or like graduates from any background they, oh, they cool. don't care yeah cool, cool, cool. because they they're just gonna like retrain you anyway mm -hmm. and show you like the ropes of what you will actually be doing. Yeah. And help you develop your hard skills oh. themselves. That should be really interesting to get into, honestly. But yeah, I've I've never thought of studying something entirely different compared to what I'm doing now. I mean, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing law, which is yeah borderline suicidal but um, <laughs> yeah it, it does tie in a way to what I studied before I mean I did journalism before and all that and I'm sort of trying to tie it with the law that I'm doing now so I'm going to uh, branch off into doing sports law contract law mm -hmm. 
and um, doing internet internet law as well. So that should be quite. I, I always find it quite in- interesting because there's no, re- you can't really. There's always a massive um, problem when it comes to discussing legalities online. Yeah, because it's such a broad thing. It's so open. And it's it's difficult. I mean, you you've got terms and conditions for different websites, but it goes a lot further than that. And it mm-hmm. always it always interests me. So yeah, I thought yeah, why not give it a try? And yeah, with with the sports thing. I mean, I've always been interested in how players, you know, discuss their contracts and stuff like that, um, how branding works and how you can, um, what, what are the legalities behind hosting events and filming them, broadcasting mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to tie, like, doing a law degree with journalism and, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. So I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to do something totally different. It would just burn my brain out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're pretty deep in a rabbit hole by now. Yeah. The, yeah, deep's definitely the right word. But who knows? We, we might see you as the next lawyer of a big rugby team. Oh, God, yeah. In five years' time. <laughs> yeah, maybe, man. I mean, maybe going back to Fiji even and, you know, trying to work with the rugby clubs there or something along those lines. Is, that, is that an option you're considering? It's something that I am considering, not heavily at the moment, obviously, because it's still very early on with the... Um, with the degree right? yeah i've only been doing it for how long is it now it's been about eight months i think eight nine months and i've got another two years to go so i mean obviously i might i could give you a totally different answer tomorrow you know my, yeah. my brain's totally changing <laughs> i'm totally changing decisions like on a daily basis really but yeah there, there is that option as well obviously because the fiji rugby team and all the clubs are very popular around the world mm-hmm. the players are constantly being pulled overseas obviously because of um the big, the biggest salary packages they get offered and things like that. Obviously, yeah. You know, because you know, as sad as, as the reality is, there's not much money when it comes to e- even popular sporting in Fiji. And you know, even though it's um, the money side wouldn't be why I'd be going back. It's definitely, it's, it's more. I, I guess in a way, trying to figure out how everything works back at home because I'm not too familiar with that. So mm-hmm. I want to go back and just see how it all works behind the scenes. You know, I assume your degree would be uh, useful in Fiji. Like, do you? Use... It would. I think it would be quite useful. What's yeah. What's the relationship between like the Fijian law and like British law? Um. So that there are basically most of the foundations of the Fijian constitution do relate to British law, but mm-hmm. that also stems from the fact that it used to be a British colony. Yeah. You know, so most of the laws, um, I'd say majority of them do. You know, are pulled from. You know. The British legal system. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are certain laws that are craft have, have been crafted specifically for Fiji, but you know the the more common ones are basically British, so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's basically British in design. So yeah, it's quite similar. It's I wouldn't. It's easy to study and yeah. to understand it once you have a foundation and an understanding of British law. I think, but that's just from me going through the constitution and comparing it to the um, to the um, unofficial constitution that. That, that the UK has because Britain doesn't actually yeah. have one. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, so. what was it called? Is it Magna Carta? Am I yeah, it, it's 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 like the base of British law, yeah. like the real the real roots of it. But there's no like I mean, as the US has their own constitution, right? Most countries do, but the UK has never had one. You know, it's just a bunch of different laws that they have on the website right now, or obviously in Parliament, whatever, mm-hmm. just for people to read. But it's there's no official document yeah 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 which i think is quite interesting especially for a country like the uk and especially what it used to be 
yeah <laughs> i would find that quite interesting i but, think um, yeah. i think that's definitely one advantage of being like a monarchy it's like whatever the monarch says it goes it yeah you, that's don't, you don't need to have like a lot of you don't need to have like a lot of powers and balances checks inside mm-hmm. the government at least back in the day when it was written yeah yeah and nowadays true. i think they just like kind of adapted on the fly they never like put a pause to it and been like oh hey we should actually like look into this and maybe like reform the whole system they're yeah. just like oh yeah we're gonna like fix this tiny error here and fix this tiny hole there and like mm-hmm. fix this leak there and yeah going Basically, to sum up, really, yeah, the Fijian constitution pulls a lot from the unofficial British one, you know, so that's basically why I think it would be easy for me to go back. I could transition this easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, pushing that to, a, to the side for a second, I want to talk about your woodworking. So mm. how how did you like come across, like, how, what made you so interested in doing it? You know, that, that's... Because I've seen some of your work, you know, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Uh, well, as most great things, it started out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I switched it now. It makes more sense. <laughs> uh, so basically, in second year, I used to live in a pretty decent apartment. Looking back on it, it was completely overpriced for the shithole that it was. But... Mm-hmm. Um, we had a nice garden and we used to have great parties there. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I had it like, I, I just had a, a, a minuscule wardrobe. Like looking now at yours, it was maybe like a quarter of your wardrobe. Really? It was like, yeah, it was shorter than me. Uh, I basically had two drawers and one like um, coat hanging bar and that was it. Like I could barely fit my fucking socks and underwear and a bunch of like jackets and shirts and Jeez. that was it. Yeah, so my room was a constant mess for most of the year, just like clothes everywhere. And one day, I think I I I can't actually remember what came first, like seeing a random video on YouTube about woodworking and being like, oh, I could actually do this myself and mm-hmm. solve like a problem of mine. Or I was like, okay, I think I could make a wardrobe. Let's look into how to actually do it. Yeah. But the point is, I started watching like a lot of woodworking videos. And then I drew a sketch. And one day when I was incredibly sleep deprived, I remember like not sleeping that night for whatever reason. I was just, okay, this is the day. I'm going to BNQ. I'm getting the materials. I'm getting the saws. I'm getting everything and going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, obviously as like did a sketch, I started doing it. It took me months to be honest, because I, I was like, this is a completely separate story, but I was in pretty shit period in my life. So I just like, couldn't get myself to do it, even though I was like, I don't know, I enjoyed doing it. I guess you could say I was in a bit of a depression at the time, but, um, yeah, funny thing is I managed to get it done in maybe like June. Mm-hmm. And my contract ended in August, mm-hmm. so I could only um, I could only use it for a couple of months. But it was it was awesome. It was something that I did. It was it was just big. It was I I've never been much of a handyman. Yeah. And I even surprised my parents. Like when I told them about it, they were like, "No way, you did that? Like you by yourself?" Because <laughs> my dad was continuously frustrated when I was a kid that I was just like never interested. He would try to get me and be like, you know, the classic dad like. Hey son, I'm like repairing these wires over here. Do you want to come and watch? I was like, huh? no, well, why? <laughs> yeah, no, like, 
You do you, bro. You I'm going to watch my cartoons. Or Why whatever. are you asking me? Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go again. <laughs> you, whoever's listening to this, you're lucky the first podcast didn't go through because it was just filled with... It's okay, I'll just put all the puns uh, to bed. Oh. Oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Thank you. I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> Glad I was your system. So, yeah, obviously... <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> uh, so going back to the wardrobe, obviously, like when everyone picks up a new hobby, they make a lot of mistakes, and I still do. Mm. Like I completely forgot to take into consideration the thickness of the material, right? Like, cause in my sketch it was just like two D planes, and it all worked out great. Cause I had to fit it kind of in a very particular space in my room. Mm-hmm. and I had like the whole design based on the space that I wanted to put it in but then I just ended up completely disregarding that and just like chucking it there and be like okay I'm done I, I don't want to deal with this ever again it's a frustration right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been frustrating for you but Ooh. it was fun and we started a new hobby and since then when I moved I dismantled it and I moved to a new house in which I had a decent wardrobe but didn't need it anymore so Later, later on in the year, I turned it into a table. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a desk, basically, because I didn't have a desk in the new room. So I solved another problem with it. And then with like the rest of the pieces, I still have a couple of them. I'm making like different stuff from them. And now I moved to a new apartment, and I have a desk, and I have a wardrobe. And now, basically, it's sitting in my room. I cut a couple of pieces from it, because basically, I built it off. Uh, I built I built it from like sheets of plywood, mm. which is like it's a very interesting process how they're made. If anyone's interested, look it up on YouTube. Um, so basically, they're this like one and a half meters by two and a half meter big sheets, mm-hmm. and um, I then cut them down for the desk, and then I cut them down again, and I made or I want to make a dungeon master screen. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, another yeah. another interesting hobby that I picked up. Uh, during yeah during the <laughs> pandemic yeah and then and i think this will be like the last of it like because i've i i have left just a tiny little piece uh i want to make like three chairs for my kitchen because now we don't have chairs in the kitchen as mm-hmm. i think you're aware because yeah, 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 yeah and yeah that's probably the the journey of my wardrobe turned desk turned dungeon master screen and chairs that's amazing man that's such a cool hobby to get get yourself into but yeah the, with the whole like mistakes thing it, starting anything and you know just going straight into it without no prior knowledge it's all you're always going to come across an issue aren't you it was the same thing with me when i first started like you know uh, with the whole music and production mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still learning along the way um, how to properly, uh, prop- properly um, isolate sounds and make recording sound better. I used to have loads of equipment that I used to play around with, and it's, it's it's literally just getting yourself in there. You know, watching videos and all that. Yeah. It's one process, right? And you're never physically going to learn anything until you screw up. <laughs> so, yeah, and but I still get loads of. I'm learning new things all the time, and it's a lot of fun to do. So, yeah. I think that's definitely what it is there's but also like the learning process changes you as like the person you are so for instance for me uh 
the whole process of planning the wardrobe and doing it and then like buying the tools and educating myself on how to use all of them mm -hmm. it turned me completely into more of a diy man yeah so i realized i feel like growing up maybe in this like modern world you are under the impression that there's things that you can do and then like cooking or other stuff and then there's things that you just have to buy them like yeah. there's no way in hell you could ever make one like i don't know from a wardrobe to a bed to just sewing your own stuff to building a house to more recently tattooing yourself yeah that's, that's, another, one. that's another interesting story of yeah. me being a diy man oh please can we go into that actually definitely <laughs> so definitely yeah so the story was last summer it was ray's birthday and we all got together at his old flat and we're just like mingling around with his flatmates and at one point one of them who was a bit on the not necessarily shy but like he, we didn't know him very he, reserved character yeah 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 alejandro yeah, yeah man big shout out to him mm. um he just like comes into the kitchen and i see that he had like a lot of tiny tattoos over his body mm. and i just complimented him on it on the tattoos because i wanted to get one or multiple for a very very long time i just like never had the money and knew what i wanted to get and so he was like oh thanks man i just had this 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 and this mm. i just did them myself today I was like, wait, what do you mean? You, yeah, that, you, you did them yourself that today. Surprised me as well. And he was like, oh yeah, I just like bought a tattoo machine off like eBay. It arrived today, and I just like gave myself like five quick tattoos. Mm -hmm. And then like the idea just sparked in my head. I was like, oh my god, I am in the same house as one a tattoo machine and two a person that knows how to use it. <laughs> I'm gonna get a fucking tattoo tonight. <laughs> And so I mean, I we were it. quite drunk as well, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But in my defense, I would have done it even if I were 100% sober. Really? Yeah, a tattoo is something that I always wanted. Mm -hmm. And so he started kind of like fending the question and being like, oh, I don't know, man, like, I'm not really a pro. I'm a beginner. I wouldn't like want to take the responsibility. And I just went like, man, fuck that. Would you give your, would you give me your tattoo machine so I can tattoo myself? He's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so then I just spent maybe like 30 minutes thinking of what I wanted to get tattooed. Mm -hmm. And then another 10 minutes watching a YouTube video on how to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I just did it. Like, he did a pretty good job as well. Though, yeah, yeah, way. yeah. It's decent. I was expecting it to look a lot worse. Again, Ray, insert picture of the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. And massive, massive, massive thanks to Alejandro, who was a champ. And he just like walked me through the whole process. And even before, he was like, okay, I'm going to do a tattoo on myself for you so you can see how it's done. And I was mm -hmm. like, and while watching, he was like, do you want to draw a line on me to see how it feels? And I don't know. It just like with something still permanent, I just felt like there was just a generosity in him letting me try it out on him first. Mm. And to be fair, I completely bought that line. Like it wasn't straight at all. Oh, man. But it was like three, four, five millimeters long. So mm. it wasn't like that big of a deal. But yeah, he just like let me, a complete stranger that he's just met, tattoo a line on, on himself when I hadn't ever held a tattoo machine. Well, in my I mean, life. he's got the story with it now because that's what tattoos are all about, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, if yeah. Somebody manages to find that little three millimeter line. It's like, <laughs> where the hell did that come from? <laughs> so yeah, there's a story behind it, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I got my first tattoo mm. done by myself. Oh man, this is some of the, we've had some massive nights, haven't we? Like, it's so hard to think about 
um, which were the most significant ones because just the amount we drank and partied sort of really blurred my memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do do any like come to mind that that I, are really significant for you? I definitely wanted to go into one of them, which was also the night that we first met. Yeah, which is a very very funny story because me and Ray officially became friends maybe like a year like in the in the autumn of 2019 so mm-hmm. like before the pandemic mm-hmm. but we actually met in maybe like 2017 or 2018 think oh yeah you were equally drunk when i told you the story really? again yeah oh yeah. my god so yeah. wait okay no, continue yeah so so <laughs> so the thing was when we first like became friends we were on a pub crawl and i joined like midway through ray was already a bit drunk and I'd heard of him that he lived in like a specific holes, like in marble arch holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that I went there once in the first year of uni, and it kind of coincided with with when he used to live there. And I kind of remembered like this dude studying journalism that was like super fun and used to listen to a lot of music. And I was like, could it be him? Could it be him? So I just went to him and I was like, man, I think we've met before. He's like, when? I was like, in Marble Arch Holes? He was like, okay. And I just like, memories just started flooding in my brain. I was like, okay, we were in the common room. I came with Liam and we listened to some music on your your Bluetooth speaker. It was like a blue tiny JBL, like the square one. And Ray was like, oh my God, man, that's right. We did that. yeah oh wow and i can tell you one song that we listened to it was by two feet it was that yes yeah go fuck yourself go yeah yeah i remember that yeah i remember and that's how we met yeah i remember that night uh quite specifically because it was my first time going to his holds with a friend of mine and he introduced me to ray and then like years later we just became really good friends yeah god Oh, I, I really wonder what stopped us from being friends from that moment, you know, that was... I think I just never came to... It was probably just a lack of contact. Yeah, I just yeah, never yeah. came to your halls again, and you yeah. had, like, no contacts with UCL people, because my friend was from UCL, that's yeah, how I knew yeah, him. Yeah. So I just, like, randomly went over to his. God, that's so funny, man. That's bringing back a flood of memories from halls. Yeah, God, Marble Arch. That was not for the house, man. Not for house. Not that for was house. Me, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a crazy experience. I was there for like what, probably about seven months, mm-hmm. and majority of that time. And I'll be totally honest with you, it's just spent weekends and even you know some weekdays were just nothing but getting hammered. <laughs> it was crazy how I managed to fit that in with whatever studying I was doing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a story for another episode but yeah no that, that, was, that was a lot of fun honestly i met loads of cool people there um of you being one of them obviously. yeah i don't i don't blame you for not remembering me <laughs> you 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 are generally more socially active than i am <laughs> so, i don't know i don't know about that man but it, it's definitely a lot less now because of the pandemic that's going on but yeah it was that was it. That was a crazy don't, time. Don't, don't try to don't try to sell yourself short. You have <laughs> man, you have the fucking like Discord server server with like hundreds of people. You were just chatting oh, yeah, with them yeah, every the night, Discord, yeah. keeping in contact. I'm I'm just not that kind of person. I don't know. That's it's it's been like that. If you ask any of my friends from the Czech Republic, for example, like I was just I was a guest on another episode with my friend Elena, and we we went into this quite quite a lot. So 
when I was in Prague, I was known as the guy who would always have people come over to my mm-hmm, flat. Mm-hmm. And not for a quiet drink, you know. We yeah, literally yeah. have hundreds of people come over uh, from the student community just to get mad and just drink and party. Basically every second weekend or something like that. And I was just lucky enough to have crazy flatmates who loved the idea as well. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. constantly partying and all that. But yeah, I get loads of energy from being around people all the time, you know, and it's just something I really enjoy doing. I like bringing people together and um, I'd say I like drinking, but that could, you know, raise a lot of red flags. Let's <laughs> 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 be totally honest. I like the odd drinking yeah. in borderline responsible amounts. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, I, I could, I consider myself a semi-functional alcoholic. <laughs> but all jokes aside, no, Prague was incredible. And I remember... Doing this one, we literally did a Project X party, mm-hmm. literally. So we had this, there was a flat that we used to live in, um, close to the city, about a five minute walk from the city center, basically. And I was living with three other people at the time, all guys. And um, we came up with this crazy idea on the weekend to have a Project X theme party where we just host all the expat student groups or whatever, all the... Um, like there's there's this group called Crowdsource mm-hmm. on Facebook as well. So we just posted everywhere, guys. This this place, this time on the weekend. Make sure you hear Project X. And I remember getting a bed sheet, writing Project X here now, and throwing it out the window and hanging it on the main street. So we'd have random people just knocking on the door, like, oh "Yo, is this where the party is?" I'm like, "Yeah, come upstairs." Oh my god. And at one point, like you were literally shoulder to shoulder with people, you know, you couldn't, I couldn't bloody walk in my flat. I was smoke everywhere. Couldn't bloody breathe <laughs> in some corners of the flat. It was crazy. I'm, I'm surprised our neighbors didn't call the police. But mm. I mean, then again, I'm pretty sure if there were neighbors, they would have complained or something. So it's probably empty. I was but, just thinking about doing that here in the UK. It would mm, be bloody suicide. Oh, mate. Yeah. No, you'd, yeah, you'd be a gunner here, man. Honestly, especially in London. If, yeah. you're, if you're in the city centre, you can't get away with something like that. But yeah, the craziest part of that is I remember a couple of hours into the party, somebody let a homeless guy in with his dog. <laughs> so I, was, I, I, I must have been in another room in the flat. And I just walk out after having a cigarette, I think. And then... Just seeing this homeless guy sitting in the corner with a with a lager and his dog on the couch, just <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, "Mate, who let you in?" He was like, "Oh yeah, dude, it's all good." <laughs> I was like, "Mate, you know what? You're having a good time. That's all that matters. Just enjoy yourself." Oh my God. But yeah, Prague was. Oof. I can't imagine doing something like that here in the UK honestly so yeah it was, it was a crazy experience I absolutely love Prague I've only been once but I just fell in love with the city yeah. instantaneously yeah such such a such an amazing just vibe throughout the city everyone is just nice everything is so beautiful and cheap yeah cheap so, cheap is so, a big so big cheap. big attraction where you know you can get a pint in the city center although I'm not sure you could do it now maybe the prices have gone up a bit but when I was there you could get one for like 60 or 70p in a bar oh my God. you know and a, there's a proper czech pint you yeah, know? yeah 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 so like it's actually beautiful beer i think i think it went up to maybe like one or two euros last time i went but still yeah. still like so yeah one one or two uh euros right yeah yeah the last time i, I went there like last no two summers ago mm-hmm. but speaking of project x parties man this this brings back a memory from high school it was it's such a convoluted story, but I'll try to 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 make it to wrap it up quickly. Um, 
basically what happened was there is this guy in my hometown that mm-hmm. I didn't like personally know, but I knew of, mm-hmm. and we knew that, or, or I knew it was like word around town got that he was gonna have like a massive Project X type of party for yeah. his 18th birthday, but that was that was like the extent of my knowledge of it, and so one night completely randomly, um, I was at a barbecue after um tiny community project that we did so the main sponsor was this really chill dude like super big super good friends with him he was like 30 something 40 i think he's now like the mayor in his like city or something oh wow yeah he's very very involved in like anything that has to do with his community and bettering it and helping people anyway so on that specific day he sponsored a project that we did um cleaning up the danube bank for anyone who doesn't know, Galatia is on the Danube Bank. And uh, we just cleaned it up with a bunch of volunteers. And then at the end of the day, we went and had a barbecue at his. He had like a country, uh, he had like a countryside house somewhere like 30 minutes outside of Galatia. And so we get there, we get out of the car and there's just like blasting music. Just boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh my God, fucking Silvio's waiting for us with a proper rager, <laughs> isn't he? And so we get into his courtyard and we realize that the music came from the neighbors. And we're like, okay, cool, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And like midway through our barbecue, his brother just like drunkenly stumbles like in his own courtyard. He's like, oh wait, this is not where the party is. <laughs> And so we like meet with him. I'm like, hi, I'm Radu. Hi, I'm Daniel, whatever. And he just like walks out, walks away, goes to the party. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the whole like night, my curiosity was just burning. What the fuck is going on in the, the house next door? Like mm-hmm. it just sounds so like just screams, fucking people taking shots, like loud music, everything. And before we left, I kind of found my excuse. I was like, okay, I'm going to go look for Daniel, who I've met for three seconds, yeah. because I want to say bye to him. Uh-huh. I, 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 I want to say, I want to like say goodbye to him. So like I, I get out, I walk into the neighbor's courtyard. I turn around the corner where the whole party was. And the first person I see is my fucking desk mate from high school. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing here? He's like, no, what are you doing here? It's like, this is the dude's party that I've been telling you about. It's like, the we're all here. Like, look, there's Drago. There's that dude. There's this girl. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucking staying. That's amazing. I don't care. I'm fucking staying. Uh-huh. So I go back. I tell the people, like, yeah, quick change of plans. I'm staying. Like, <laughs> you can you can fuck off home. I'm, I'm, I'm staying. So they're like, okay. Weird flex, but okay. They leave, I go back to the party, I start like mingling with everyone, and man, the night just like turned into such a fucking shit show. People didn't like per se kept coming. I was maybe the one of the few people that came like uninvited, but there were already like around 50 people there. Yeah. And like not that big of a house. And I remember just besides like tons of trash all over his courtyard. A uh, couple of people lost their keys. Someone lost their car keys. They were like frantically looking for them. Everyone was drunk as fuck. Around like 5 or 6 a.m. when the first like buses back to town started coming. Um, part of us kind of like went to sleep in his room. Uh-huh. Part of us went uh, went home. 
I was I was one of the few that stayed back, and we were basically like maybe fifteen people crammed up inside his room because we were like all sleeping on the floor because this one drunk girl like went to sleep in his bed and peed herself and peed oh. over herself like all over his bed. Oh my god! And it was her and for some reason her boyfriend sleeping next to her in on the, the bed. On yeah, the, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, and like the rest of us, we were just like sleeping on the floor. I remember hooking up with a girl that night or like sleeping on the floor one next to each other, like making out. Like I've never met her before. We just like hooked up and we started making out. And like people were just like, oh, mate, take mate, just fucking stop. We're trying to sleep. Like, bro, honestly. And at one point, I think she was like, okay, I actually got to go. Like I stayed for a bit with you, but I got to go. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And so I stayed for like five more minutes. I was like, can't really fall asleep. I think I'm going to go have a cig outside. Mm. And so I was looking for just some slippers. I couldn't really find my shoes, so I was looking for some slippers. And I found one, I was looking for the other for maybe like a solid five minutes. I was fairly intoxicated as well. Mm. And so at which point his parents come into the room and they see me like looking for something. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just looking for some slippers. Uh-huh. They're like, no, you're going home. I was like, okay, I'm going home. Oh, okay. God damn. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I find my shoes. I take my belongings. And I start walking outside all the, like all the while his parents were just like, fucking, fuck. I told them we shouldn't have the party at home. I told them we should like rent the fucking ballroom or something. <laughs> I like, look, look, look at everything. Like, bro, just glasses, glasses were broken. Oh my God. Like drinks all over the floor and the walls, like mm. puke everywhere. Just trash. Like, bro, I would have like, I think I would have called the police on myself at that point if I were his parents. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I ended up like going back. Oh, and I remember one one last funny detail when we got to when the bus came, it was like literally twenty p for the ticket, mm-hmm. but people just like spent all their cash on like either getting there or like getting booze, and they're like like you could hear the row of people because like the word spread around like maybe you gotta pay for the ticket, and they're like I'm selling two cigarettes for a ticket, I'm, I'm giving out two <laughs> cigarettes for a ticket. Oh no, I'm giving out three cigarettes for a ticket. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and somehow, some I think someone just like paid for a bunch of us because it was like, again, 20p for a ticket and mm-hmm. we all ended up home safely. That is insane. Yeah. That's a lot crazier than what happened with me. Well, I mean, maybe it's sort of, sort of on par with it. On it's par, on par, yeah. definitely. Oh my gosh. I can't. Just the the one thing I get from that is still the the bed. Just yeah. being soaked in oh mate, that's that's grim. I feel so sorry for whoever had to clean that up. Yeah, uh, I think this is the main the main difference between like high school parties and uni parties. Mm-hmm. In high school parties you just don't know when your limit comes and you just like go over the limit and make like a mess everywhere. Well in uni parties you're a bit like, Okay, had a bit of experience, you know, like, yeah. I know I know how to drink, you know, just Yeah. There's yeah. an art form to it that yeah. not many people are it familiar is, with. It and trust me, I'm very, I'm very, you know, I've mastered it to some extent. But yeah, hey man, honestly, I think we should wrap it up there. Yeah. Thank you so much for hopping on, and uh, thank Always you guys for thank you guys for tuning in to uh, another episode of Minion Talks. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please uh, shoot us an email. It's uh, realminiontalks at gmail dot com. Or um, you know, follow us on our, all all my socials as well. We have uh, I have an account up for the podcast on Twitter, uh, Facebook, 
and Instagram. You can follow us at Real Minion Talks. And um, yeah, uh, we'll be having an episode every Saturday at 5 p.m. GMT or UK time. So yeah, thanks again, man. Everybody take care. Have a good day. And uh, yeah, I'll see you later, man. See you later, man. See you in a bit.